What's up, everybody? This is Adam Rake of NFL Fantasy Live. You are listening to Mixed Tag, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Tag. It's your man, Jared Watson here. I'm alongside the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time, three-time, three-time Indian Leg Wrestling Champion, Mr. Keith White. Keith, how's it going this week, man? How you doing? Man, I'm excited because, you know, we were on the old Twitter machine earlier and MLW talked about the idea of Hammerstone getting a match with Fat 2. And I'm just losing my mind about that because I've been talking about that for a long time. And if you think about it, Jared, pretty crazy to think if that comes true, my November prediction for uh, a TNT championship style belt with Cody as the champ came true. Only would need one more prediction, which would be Nick Aldis versus Dave Boy Smith Jr. for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And I'd be all set with my predictions, man. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're killing it so far, Keith, with all these predictions. Hopefully that'll happen. I mean, I'd love to see that happen, see it come true. Uh, but, Keith, we got a jam-packed show this week. So let's say we get into our opening contest. All right, Tag Gang, you know how we started every week. we got to give you a little AEW Dynamite recap. We're going to give you our good, bad, and Dynamites afterward, as we always do. All right, let's get it started. So the opening match last night was the championship match. And Brian Cage defeated Will Hobbs. I'm a big fan of Will Hobbs, by the way. Uh, For the FTW World title, he retained that title. um, And afterwards, Taz offered Will Hobbs a spot on Team Taz. But Darby Allin came to the rescue and helped Will out afterward. Uh, After that, we had another championship match, this time for the AEW Tag Team titles, as FTR defeated the Hybrid 2. I'm also a big fan of the Hybrid 2. I think they're very underrated. uh, And they need to be put on uh, Dynamite more often. Um, and Keith, third championship match in a row. We have Cody versus Mr. Brody Lee for the TNT championship in a dog collar match. And Keith, that's going to be a candidate for match of the year as Cody wins back his TNT championship from Mr. Brody Lee and the Dark Order. Man, what a what a comeback for Cody there. Um, after that, we had a women's match, Big Swole defeating Serena Deeb. And finally, in the main event, we had the man of the night, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, uh, teaming up with Jake Hager of the Inner Circle. And they defeated uh, Luther and Serpentico in what was Chris Jericho's uh, 30th year celebration uh, in the wrestling industry. And after the match, they had a big celebration, which included MJF coming out, uh, giving Chris a anniversary present which was not much of a present for him. It was more a present for MJF, as it was a picture, a big old picture of MJF in all of his glory, um, brought out by a clown, too. That was kind of interesting. And he called it uh, uh, Clownico, uh, Clownico the Clown, which was very interesting. But anyway, Chris Jericho smashed that picture right through Clownico, hit him with the Judas effect, and all was good. And the night ended with a big celebration for Chris and its amazing achievement. Um, but that was your matches from Dynamite this week. But I have some other news to give you about last night uh, that we learned uh, during the show. Um, three new entrants were announced uh, for the AEW World Championship number one contender tournament. And those three members are Wardlow, Colt Cabana, and my boy, Hangman Adam Page. So that tournament's coming up real soon. We're going to find out who that number one contender will be and who they'll face. Will it be John Moxley? Or will it be Lance Archer? We'll find that out uh, after next week. 
Um, and also, two huge championship matches are announced for next week's AEW one-year anniversary show. Uh, the first one being Best Friends versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team titles. And Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed. He's going to be taking on Cody for the TNT Championship as well. So three big championship matches next week for AEW's one-year anniversary special uh, on TNT. Um, and that was Dynamite for this week, Keith. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm going to let you go first. What was your good, bad, and Dynamite uh, for this episode? So, man, it's tough because the good and the Dynamite are inter- interchangeable. I really don't know how to really do this. So I'm going to go ahead and say that um, my good which could easily be interchanged would be um, the dog collar match. And I'm, I'm calling this one, a one B because that's how good it was. Um, it was hard hitting. It was brutal. Uh, they, they made sure that they gave um, props to the old days with Greg Valentine being there and getting Cody, his revenge and getting his title back. And I really thought they, it was just a well done match. The buildup was short in the last couple of weeks, but it was very effective so I just found it to be a really fun, good match. The bad, where's the women? This is not good. Uh, where, where's the women? I don't, we don't need to have any more criticism about the women's division. They need to show up. They got to give us at least one match and it's got to be good. I mean, you know, big swole. Okay. Big swole is cool. Right. But we need like, I, I don't, I don't want to disrespect her but big swole is not the face of the women's division. And if you're going to have one show a week, you kind of need to have a marquee women's matchup. You just do. So there's that. Maybe they can do two matches if they really want to push big swole. Uh, Last but not least, 30 years, man, 30 years of Chris Jericho there. You can't say much more. I mean, what an incredible situation. So I loved how they brought back uh, Ultimo Dragon and some of his old opponents that they were legally allowed to bring back without, you know, WWE issues. Uh, I love how they brought in, you know, rock and roll icons. It was cool to see Paul Stanley, a.k.a. P.S. That was pretty hilarious. By the way, um, they all have a lot of work done. They all look like, um, you know, very very beautiful cougars that would be down at the starboard hanging out, you know, a bunch of, bunch of, uh, you know, beautiful mid, <laughs> mid 60 ladies, uh, with their, with their fake hair and Botox for days. But yeah, man, I, that's, that was my, uh, good, bad and dynamite. You, you can't, you can't not put Chris Jericho there, but maybe you do. Let's hear it. Yeah, you know what, Keith? I do put Chris Jericho there. My good for this week was the entire celebration for Jericho. I mean, this guy obviously deserves it. 30 years in one business is incredible enough. Uh, My mother is about to hit 30 years in social work uh, and foster parenting. So good for her, too. Uh, Just the the whole thing, bringing back uh, different superstars he's faced, wrestlers he's faced, rock stars even. Uh, His father was on there talking to uh, and then when everybody came out at the end of the show uh, and congratulated him with a little bit of the bubbly, uh, it just made everything right. Um, and Jericho, of course, thanked everybody at the end of the show. Um, but Keith, that kind of leads into my bad. My bad uh, for this week was main event sloppiness. Um, during the match between Jericho Hager taking on Luther and Serpentigo, a lot of miscues, a lot of sloppiness, especially from Luther. Um, 
At one point, he went to the top rope. Uh, he couldn't get his foot up top. Uh, took way too long uh, to deliver a, a senton onto six different people outside the ring. Uh, another time, he went to go to the top rope again and actually slipped and fell to the outside of the ring. Um, and lastly, um, a lot of people are critiquing the way he sells, right? He's not a great seller in the ring. Uh, when Jericho hit that last Judas effect uh, to end the match on Luther, it, it just looked very sloppy and very um, unprepared. Um, you know, the thing with wrestling, you got to make it look professional and you got to make it look like it it's really really there and it really happened in the moment and luther didn't do that and and some of that could have been on unpreparedness some of that could have been on jericho uh maybe having a little bit of nerves i don't think it was more on jericho but i think it was more on luther um but just the the way they worked together before you know um they they, they traveled together and whatnot but that's been a long time ago and you could really tell just a sloppy match it shouldn't have been the main event i know it was the main event because of jericho but when you have a match uh, like the dog collar match, uh, you can't end it with something like that. And that kind of leads into my dynamite. My dynamite was the dog collar match. Um, this might be one of the matches of the year, if not the match of the year, uh, not just for AEW, but for any company. Um, having Greg the Hammer Valentine in the crowd really brought it all together as well. You know, he faced uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper in the first ever dog collar match, and that was brutal. Uh, this one might have been just as ruthless um blood everywhere cody power bombing or you could say pile driving uh mr Brody lee into a table uh wrapping the chain around his face around his uh, mouth nose and eyes and then hitting him with the crossroads to end it uh just perf it was just a perfect match storytelling wise uh athleticism wise um the use of the chain was prominent throughout the whole match um just really good Really good overall. I'm very impressed uh, from AEW on that note. And I want to get your thoughts really quickly quickly before we move on about Cody retaining the TNT title. Do you think it was too soon? Uh, what do you think? Because I know you have some issues with the Dark Order, and I do too. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I don't think it was an issue for him to regain this fast, um, especially if they're going to do what I hope they're going to do. And they kind of pushed back MJF a little bit in the uh, you know on the pecking order for title contention. And I would love for MJF to have a decent reign with the TNT championship um, and have an excuse to have him on TV every week. Um, and and we'll talk more about him maybe later. Uh, I was not a big fan of him coming out and messing up Jericho's celebration. You know, that, that man deserved all the accolades, all the praise, but you know, he is the biggest heel in the business. So, you know, we shall see, but I, I think that um, I think it was the right thing to do redemption is good but now where does cody's character go is he is he good is he bad is he changed is he edgy with his black hair i don't know so i guess we'll find out yeah yeah and you know what keith i think the real question we have to ask ourselves is where's sammy guevara's jacket that mjf promised him you know like come on mjf like really it's like, still missing it, it's still missing it hasn't come in yet uh sammy we're all concerned uh and MJF, you need to get on that. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, that was our AEW recap for this week, guys. Let us know what you think. Email us about your thoughts at mixtagshow.gmail.com. A lot more ahead here on Mixtag, including Le Champion's 30 Years of Wrestling, uh, along with some WWE stuff as well, uh, coming up after this right here on Mixtag. One, three, two, one. 
All right, Keith, we're back here on Mixed Tag, back talking about 30 years of Chris Jericho. Keith, there's there's all sorts of things we can say about Chris Jericho. We loved him. We've hated him over these 30 years. Uh, but I want to give you some of his accolades uh, before we move on talking about him. Uh, Jericho is a six-time WWE World Champion. He is a nine-time Intercontinental Champion, which is a record still to this day, nine times. Uh, he's a seven-time WWE Tag Team Champion, a two-time United States Champion. He's a first-ever Undisputed Champion, first-ever AEW World Champion, three-time Wrestler of the Year. He's a Grand Slam Champion. He's a future no-doubt Hall of Famer. Uh, Keith, can't say enough about this guy and his work ethic. Um, give us your thoughts of uh, Chris Jericho. You know, you've seen him a little bit more than I have. So give us some of your memories of Jericho and what you've thought of him over these 30 years. So here's the thing, uh, Jared, I, um, I could tell you what I think. I mean, I got the chance to actually meet him in Maryland at Maryland championship wrestling. He couldn't have been nicer. Uh, and I've seen him in some fantastic matches, but I would be remiss if I didn't allow the tag gang to actually tell us what they think about Chris Jericho, because Jared, as I always do, I'm unpredictable. And I did something again with you not knowing on, uh, on social media, I put out the call. I wanted to see, uh, you know, MJF kind of messed up uh, the celebration. So, I, you know, 30 years, I wanted to know what the tag gang thought about, uh, you know, Chris Jericho and having 30 years in the business and they came through. So we're actually going to hear from members of the tag gang uh, before you and I ever get the chance to speak and we can kind of, you know, talk about what they say. But uh, right now we have, uh, first up, we have our friend Chris Sly. So, wow. What can you say about Chris Jericho? Dude's an absolute legend, first and foremost. But when I was a kid, growing up in Philadelphia, I was big into ECW, really WWE, but some some ECW as well. I would watch the local broadcast for the ECW product, even though WWE was, was my thing. Uh, Bret Hart one, two, three kid, their iconic match. I watched that live regardless, moving on from that. Chris Jericho with ECW was like my dude. There were a lot of up and comers, as we all know, in the ECW system. I don't, I, I, looking back on it, of course, I liked him because of his charisma and high flying and technical soundness. As a kid, I was just like, I like this guy. And then he went to WCW and I'm not, I wasn't a really big WCW guy. Never really watched it, to be honest. It was more WWE slash WWF. So I knew that Chris Jericho went there. Never really kept up with him until his storyline with Goldberg. Once I saw that, I thought, wow, that's really crazy. They're putting him into this program with one of the big, you know, head honcho guys there. Head honcho. Uh, so, of course, that fizzled out. And I stopped paying attention. I, I didn't even realize he had been let go from WCW at the time uh, when he was. And when he appeared in WWE with the whole countdown uh, to the millennium and it was Jericho that came out. Holy crap. I gave this dude like stone cold Steve Austin amount of, of yelling from my living room when he came out. I was so pumped and I was so happy the crowd gave him that ovation that they did as well. So obviously 
he was underutilized in WCW and he was going to be this huge star. And especially that night when he beat triple H for the, for the title on raw, I watched that live could I'm unbelievably happy and excited about that. Of course, triple H got the title back, but it showed WWE. I think how big of an attraction Chris Jericho could be. Of course they made him the first undisputed champion, which I loved. And, and I mean, he was a, a staple of the attitude era and, and that was, you know, my main era growing up. Now you look at him, he, he's a genius when it comes to, to wrestling, the, how many times he's reinvented himself with the list and what he's doing with AEW now, uh, he really is a, a national treasure, <laughs> you know, he, he is one of the best of all time and he's still doing it at a high level at his age. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, Chris, uh, we, we couldn't agree more. And Keith, thank you for that. Uh, it's amazing, you know, how we can get our fans and our friends interacting with us here on Mixtag, uh, talking about Chris Jericho and his legacy. Yeah, he, he's absolutely right. Uh, Jericho was a, a staple of the Attitude Era heading into the Ruthless Aggression Era. Um, but going back to you, Keith, uh, and then I'll give my uh, experience with Jericho. Give us a little bit about what you first thought of him and, you know, how you've liked him, how you disliked him throughout the years. Cause we know we all kind of had that love hate relationship with him. Well, it's funny that um, Chris mentioned ECW because back in the day, Jared, there were these things called video cassettes, video tapes. There was this whole community uh, called tape traders. And that's how, before there was a WWE network or anything on, online, we had to do tape trading and I actually purchased a tape and my, my tape purchase that I was worried about, I, I don't know if it was going to be bootleg or, you know what? I mean, I think it was sold by ECW, but you know, Paul Heyman back then, you know, a little shady, you know, but so I, I got this tape and it was Chris Jericho versus Pitbull number two and Jericho won the, uh, the ECW television championship. And it was just so cool because I'm sitting there watching this guy and I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy is, I love this. You know, I love this guy, Chris Jericho. They also had, um, you know, psychosis and Ray Mysterio first time on American soil being seen on television. I mean, to American audiences, even ECW was hardcore, but they also had this amazing roster of talented wrestlers early on. So, you know, I, that's the first time I ever got to see Chris Jericho and I was a huge fan. And then obviously things only got better from there. Uh, but you're right. He can be a heel. He can be a face and it really doesn't matter because he is, um, absolutely fantastic in whatever role he does. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Keith. Um, unlike you, uh, I did not get to see Chris Jericho in the ECW. I didn't even get to see Chris Jericho in WCW. And then, you know what? I never got to see him when he debuted in WWE. Uh, I knew about the Y2J, Y2K uh, thing they were doing on Monday Night Raw with The Rock, of course. Um, but my real start with Chris Jericho was around 2008-9. Uh, and this was really when he began to become heelish to the max. Um, he 2008 was one of the greatest years for Jericho. And I'm glad I got to start with that because you really got to see his good heel side. He's a way better heel than he is a face. We can all agree on that. Um, he had, I believe, the match of the year uh, with Shawn Michaels, uh, and it was a ladder match at No Mercy of that, year, of that year. And I just fell in love with this guy. I mean, he would insult the crowd without question, uh, and, and the crowd response was great. And as we've always said uh, here on this show, 
whether they boo you or they cheer you, you're doing something right because you're getting a reaction, right? And Chris Jericho did that. Um, his move set was creative, awesome. Uh, you, he could go high flying, but he could also go submission with the walls of Jericho. He could do the lion salt code breaker. Uh, now the Judas effect. Um, he was a mix of a little bit of everything. Uh, all around great superstar, great face. Gave us some wonderful memories uh, throughout the years. Um, congratulations, Chris, uh, on 30 years in wrestling. That's a huge accomplishment that not many people get to have. So congratulations. Yeah, huge, Jared. And uh, it's interesting because uh, we had more members of the tag gang who had more things to say, including uh, this next person who uh, talked about that creativity you mentioned uh, and also had a little bit of a controversial take. You'll have to check this out. Hi, everybody. This is Matt Brown from Hotbox Cards. We are a monthly sports card subscription service. Check out our website, hotboxcards.net. So I sat down and started thinking about where does Jericho rank in the, the history of wrestling? You know, I've, I've always prided myself on knowing a lot of the history of wrestling, not just the 80s and up, but, you know, before the 80s, 70s, 60s, and, you know, and back even farther. And Jericho's not a top 10 wrestler. You know, he's not on anybody's Mount Rushmore. And he's not really a top 25 wrestler, probably not even a top 50. If I had to choose, I'd probably put him in the top 100 if I had to sit down and make a list. Um, I mean, that's pretty good. Top 100 wrestler of all time, you know, and that's thousands and thousands of wrestlers. So that's not too, that's not a too bad uh, position. I know a lot of people will probably put him a lot higher because people try to put more current, you know, no matter what it is, baseball or football players, more current guys ahead of the guys that they might not have seen when they were growing up or, you know, maybe not, don't know much about, but definitely probably a top 100. You know, my favorite Chris Jericho memory was, and one of the funniest for me was he was doing his uh, program with Dean Malenko, who's the man of a thousand holds. And Jericho comes out on Nitro and claims himself the man of a thousand and one hold. And he comes out with those big uh, early 90s computer paper, you know, a stream of, computer paper going across the ring and he's going to read off all 1001 holds and he's going through like arm bar and atomic drop and he lists like arm bar like two or three times and repeats a bunch of moves like you know and then he does that for about two minutes or so and then it goes to commercial comes back from commercial and he is still in the ring reading off his 1001 moves and to me that just that was so funny especially in college i just really enjoyed that you know jericho had a lot of moments like that but Jericho also, you know, hit that main event status, you know, when he was in WWE, he won the first Undisputed Championship, beating The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night. And let me tell you, watching that pay-per-view live, nobody thought that Jericho was going to win that title and beat Austin and The Rock, you know, for that championship. But he did, and that really pushed him to that main event status and that, you know, kind of legendary status from just from that night alone. So I want to wish Chris Jericho a happy 30th, you know, anniversary in wrestling. Uh, I don't think he's going to do 30 more, but you never know. So one thing you can never, never say never in pro wrestling. Uh, but good job over there at Mixed Tag. I enjoy listening to you guys, and I hopefully you guys will ask me back. You know, maybe I can talk to you a little bit more about, you know, not only Jericho, but some other wrestling stuff. So I'll catch you guys next time. Be safe, everybody. Jared, where is Adam Rank when we need him right now, man? Oh, boy. Man, if, if Rank heard that, uh, he would lose his mind. Um, and you know what? I, 
Jericho not in the top fifty? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, you got Hall of Famers. I get it. I get it. But this guy's going to be a no doubt Hall of Famer uh, once his career ends. So, I think if you talk modern era, like seventies and up, I think you ha- have to put him. I mean, all the accolades you just gave him, uh, Jared. I mean, you just have to, right? So, um, that's that's my that's my take on it. Um, you know, I, I feel like with what you what you said and what he's done at this point, I think that he is in that discussion. Uh, and I know he's on ranks Mount Rushmore. So, and Rank is a is a is a diehard wrestling fan. So, but you know what? That's the beauty of the tag gang. Everyone's got their own opinions and not afraid to voice them. And we can all kind of agree to disagree at times. Um, but man, next up, uh, this one is uh, from Billy, and uh, he is talking about uh, Jericho's propensity for uh, comedy acts. What's going on, Tag Gang? Um, Billy Collick here, uh, chiming in on my favorite Chris Jericho Y2J moment. Um, My favorite Chris Jericho moment, uh, WWE, by the way, um, was when he made his triumphant return to Monday Night Raw on November the 26th, 2007. And he takes over the Jumbotron and demands a title match with none other than Randy Orton. And this was great because not only does he ask him in the most absurd way, but then he brings these visual aids with him. And one of them is a picture of him. And he goes, here, Randy, I'll even ask slow. Me, it's a picture of him. And then he goes, want. And it's the picture of the Cookie Monster, like say, me, want. And then, obviously, title, the title belt, and match, a lit match. So then he says it again in the most absurd way. Me, one, title match. So that was my favorite Chris Jericho, also known as Y2J, for those who don't know. um, Favorite moment of all time. Yeah, and the the thing is, Keith, he's right. I mean, Jericho could be hilarious when he needed to and when he wanted to it was it was his comedy is amazing because we back in the day uh, i think this was around like 2001 maybe maybe 2002 i'm i'm not too sure uh rhino and stephanie mcmahon were a pair and 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 chris jericho kind of said something along the lines of i'm gonna get that slimy greasy hairy beast in the ring and i'm gonna get you too rhino and then Stephanie, you know, wide-eyed and whatnot. And, but then you got that, and then more more modern, you have the list of Jericho. I mean, every time Jericho would, would say, you know what happens? You know what happens when you get on Jericho's bad terms, huh? You know what happens? You just made the list. I would burst out laughing. It's hilarious. That was one of your favorite things ever. I remember when when it came back, you lost your mind. Then that's that's one of those pure things I love about you, Jared. Like that's one of those things that you just really pop for. So, yeah, I mean, think about it too. It's just his mic work. You know, uh, you know what Billy's talking about uh, is just his mic work and being able to work the crowd. You know, no script, bullet points. Let him go. Let him be creative. And you're right about the uh, with Rhino, right? And think about the things he said about Stephanie McMahon. First of all, the trust that Vince McMahon has in him at that point to say those things. They could he couldn't do that these days. But yeah, Rhino, the man beast and the hose beast. 
So good. Oh, man. And, and you know, Stephanie's not the best. She's the breast. I mean, he was awesome. Chris Jericho was awesome on the mic, awesome in the ring. Uh, but Keith, we have one more, I understand, one more member of the tag gang we need to get to. Yes, sir. So we got one more member of the tag gang. And uh, and let's see here. This um, this this guy is talking about uh, just the impact that he has now. And it's pretty cool. He has some good points. Hey, Keith. Hey, Jared. This is Ryan uh, from North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, just giving a, you know, a little speak upon what we uh, were discussing here yesterday, watching um, this AEW event with Chris Jericho and his 30 years. Um, you know, it's 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 a pretty big thing, you know, when wrestlers, you know, hit 30 years and they're still in the know of who they are and, and you know, they're still wrestling. Um, you know, I mean, there are legends out there that are still doing it. Uh, I mean, which can be ridiculous when you look at the the legacy of like Hogan and Flair and how long they went for. Um, I'm wondering, you know, where does it stand with Jericho? How long do you think he has and how long is it, you know, gonna, gonna last with AEW when you look at when he was supposed to, you know, he lost the title to Moxley and then he was supposed to go on tour with his band and uh, Fozzy and of course Corona kicked in and then that basically put a damper on all that too but I mean as far as his career goes 30 years man from going from WWE WCW WWF WWE I mean it's been fantastic for him man and and just to see him wrestle when I remember AEW came out I was like wow they actually got some big name star there um, and it wasn't a Goldberg or an Undertaker or somebody like that which really you know that can you know put a a damper on things because i think people like that need to just like let it roll while jericho he still had a you know he he still has a good good few years left in front of him um but uh you know like everything else time's gonna catch up with the man and i'm not trying to put a damper on his parade but eventually it's gonna catch up with him um hopefully he'll go out on top i don't know what it's gonna look like you know, I know his band wants to, you know, continue doing a tour and all that stuff once his COVID lifts. But um, I'm wondering how AEW is going to incorporate him, uh, you know, in the mix still. Maybe he'll make him champion again, and then maybe he'll go out like that. Um, who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have Jericho out there and uh, still wrestling, wrestling uh, and seeing, you know, people contending against him and him opening up limelights for like, you know, um, you know, Orange Cassidy and even the young boy from uh, I think it's um, what is it? Uh, not SoCal, but uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the tag team. There's so many great tag teams in AEW. I can't remember the names off the head right now. Um, but you know, he's opening you know gates for younger people to become somebody, man, and and that's even better, uh, which is great for him. Yeah, I, Ryan, thank you for. Uh, commenting and listening all the way from North Carolina. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think Jericho's time in the wrestling ring is not quite to an end yet, but it might be in the next uh, five years, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I love his role in AEW as well. Um, you bring him in, he's his big name, right? Uh, they Nobody was saying, you know, whoa, they got Chris Jericho. I mean, they're getting like real stars here when AEW first came around uh, one year ago. Um, yeah, and 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 he's giving these younger kids shots. Um, 
you were talking about SCU, uh, right, with Scorpio Sky, right, young up and coming guy who's going to be a champion someday. Uh, Orange Cassidy had a great feud with him going, uh, and then just recently Isaiah Cassidy's first match, singles match, I should say, was against Chris Jericho. I mean, how much more can you put somebody over, right? Uh, than that and that's what he's doing right now he's he's putting people over but he can also win when he needs to and, that, and that's what's great about AEW giving him a shot there um and we've contemplated keith on the show you know how he might leave for a while uh take a break either you know just for himself or going on tour with his band we've said maybe a possible you know pay-per-view uh match loss uh to take him off screen for a while but yeah i agree with ryan keith i, I definitely do and it's interesting, man, because nobody touched on the fact that, and we won't do it long because, you know, it is 30 years. He deserves his due. But, you know, we got other things to talk about, too. But uh, New Japan, man, when he reinvented himself and became a major, major player in New Japan, the match with uh, the match with Omega, with Kenny Omega. I mean, if you think about it, those are a precursor to AEW. The, I mean, there's like the seeds were sown in a way. Um, you know, I wish we had somebody you know like more like a, like cam or somebody to, to talk about that more well versed in that but man he was doing this clockwork orange gimmick um and just once again just reinventing himself and doing something different he, he's always been good about that you're never gonna get the same jericho for 30 years you got like five or six different variations so or more it's been pretty awesome he's had this amazing career and um there, what else what else can you say thank you so much chris jericho yeah, exactly. You can't say anything else other than thank you and congratulations on 30 years. And it's so awesome uh, for any profession, but for, for a professional wrestler, that's amazing uh, for what you do. Put your body on the line every week. It's awesome. So thank you, Chris. Happy 30 years to you. Hello, my name is John, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on 30 years of Chris Jericho. I probably first saw Chris Jericho around 1995-1996 in the ECW show that was on Channel 48 in Philadelphia. Saw him a couple times, maybe once or twice in the arena, and he was amazing to watch. Just in the ring, so smooth, uh, athletic, and in ECW you really had those two type of wrestlers. You had the hardcore extreme guys, the New Jacks, the Balls Mahoney's, those types. And then you had the athletic, the really, really good wrestlers, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Jericho, um, Shane Douglas, Taz, and then of course your hybrid like Sabu. Uh, when Jericho left for WCW, was a little disappointed, but uh, it was what it was. A lot of guys were leaving at that time. I gotta say, when he was in WCW, when he became heel Chris Jericho, I loved Chris Jericho in WCW. He was just wonderful on the mic, fantastic in the ring. His matches told a great story. And then, of course, he left for the WWE, had the, probably the greatest introduction any wrestler was ever given with the Jericho Clock Countdown, and then went on to become the first undisputed world champion, which was really cool. But when I think of 30 years of Jericho... I think of Jericho as the Intercontinental Champion. In my opinion, Chris Jericho is the greatest Intercontinental Champion that the WWE ever had. There was the IC title before Jericho, and then the IC title after Jericho. The IC title is always known as a worker's belt, always was given to the best guys. Uh, Bret Hart, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man Savage. 
it was a great title for guys that could work and sell. And it was for a long time before all these multiple belts, the second title on the show. So when you'd go and see a, WC, a WWE house show, you would see the A show, which had the Hogan, and the B show, which had the Man, Randy Macho Man Savage as the IC title. But Chris Jericho, when he became the IC title, he made it special. He carried it, I want to say about nine times, if I can remember correctly. And he did it whenever the title was at either a low point or they wanted to make somebody better. Jericho was the gatekeeper. They would put the IC title on it. And he really made the adage that there's two things. Either the man makes the title or the title makes the man. Jericho made the title. He made the title mean something because he was a great worker. He made the feuds mean something because he could carry promos and take these young up-and-comers that had to go through the gatekeeper that he was as the intercontinental champion, and they had to earn their stripes and carry a good promo with Jericho and had to work a good match with Jericho. The benefit for the WWE was, of course, that Jericho could work with anybody. I mean, the man had great matches with Goldberg. That's damn near impossible for anybody to do. But Chris Jericho was the quintessential gatekeeper. He made the IC title matter. He made it important. He made it a, a match you had to watch. Whomever he was wrestling. Going to the days of the great, uh, the best, uh, the best at work in the world at what I do to the list of Jericho fantastic career there's hard to say that anybody's had one better he's a man that constantly reinvents himself re-images himself he changes his whole look when he has a new gimmick he has a new haircut he has new sayings he has new style everything is new because he realizes that if I'm going to be this type of character I gotta look this type of way take for example the best in the world at what I did the stupid hat or the scarf. Just highly enjoyable for 30 years. He's made wrestling fun. He's a fun wrestler. If you got to look at him on an all-time list, in my opinion, Jericho is that second-level star. So if your top five are Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Steve Austin, and The Rock, Jericho's solidly in that next tier of Dusty Rhodes, Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Sting, those types of, of wrestlers. Now the ultimate question is, what's next for Jericho? And like I said, I don't watch AEW. Uh, I do keep track of it and occasionally will flip it on. But from what everybody has told me about AEW is that the things he's doing are next level fantastic. He's making these young new guys look terrific. He's giving credibility to a product that's just getting started. You can't look and say that, hey, their first champion was Chris Jericho and say, oh, you know, who's that? Everybody knows who Chris Jericho is. Most people that watch wrestling and enjoy wrestling respect Chris Jericho. So, I guess with his current uh, tagline, I'm going to go have a bit of bubbly and call it a night. Well, Keith, uh, as much as we can talk about Chris Jericho, we got to end the show somehow. Uh, and we do it every week by giving the tag gang our picks for wrestler of the week. Uh, Keith, 
I'm going to let you go first this week. So go ahead and give us your wrestler of the week. So I have two of them. I'm cheating. <laughs> it's uh, it's Brody Lee and it's Cody, man. That match, uh, you know, you have to have a good dance partner. And so I just thought that that was a fantastic match with guys with uh, good chemistry in that brawl and a great way to showcase Cody again. Um, Brody Lee saves face, but it was really entertaining. And, uh, you know, just not something that you see on TV, right? We've talked about this before. It's, it's different. You don't see dog collar matches on TV. You see them at pay-per-views. So the fact that we got it on Wednesday night for free bonus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, on Twitter, Keith, uh, both Mr. Brody Lee and Cody, uh, tweeted the exact same tweet. Much respect to, you know, Cody, much respect to Mr. Brody Lee. Shows you the amount of respect these guys have for each other uh, through it all. But my wrestler of the week, Keith, even though we didn't talk about it much, uh, Kyle O'Reilly of NXT. I mean, I didn't watch the match fully, but I saw the highlights. Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly tore the house down for the NXT Championship at TakeOver 31 uh, this past Sunday. Yeah, you know, Kyle O'Reilly is this guy who we, you know, label as a tag team wrestler uh obviously with undisputed you know hasn't really gotten that chance yet i kind of like what wwe is doing right now giving uh lesser you know non-main event talent a chance to show themselves and shine in the ring and kyle o'reilly did he stepped up to the plate and gave finn balor run for his money uh and even broke his jaw in the process uh so kyle o'reilly props to you you're my wrestler of the week keep it up man keep it up uh but keith that's going to do it for this episode of Mixed Tag, the 30-year anniversary of Chris Jericho's special of Mixed Tag. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you know Keith's running the Twitter. You know that already. Uh, and go bother Cameron Manning, too, if you see him uh, on Twitter. Go hassle him for a little bit. Oh, and by the way, before we go, I want to I want to uh, tell Cam what our my username of the week was uh, also. And it's AEW has NXT by the dog collar. Mwahaha. You see that, Cam? I got you. All right, Cat Gang. Thank you for listening so much. Uh, Again, thank you to Chris Jericho for 30 years of wrestling. My name is Jared Watson, and from the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time Indian Lake Wrestling Champion, Mr. Keith White, this has been another episode of Mixed Tag. Thank you so much. We're out. Hold one. Arm drag. Hold two, arm bar. What can you say about Chris Jericho, about Y2J, about all of the other endless amounts of nicknames that he's given himself? The Ayatollah of rock and roller. Uh, man, Jericho's the best. Jericho doesn't get enough love as the GOAT, and here's the reason why. Uh, everything that he did when he peaked with WCW and then to move to WWF right into where he did as the undisputed champion. His roles with The Rock, God with Austin, with Angle, with, you know, the McMahon family and what he was able to do there. And he was there for so long. And then he moved to New Japan and he helped sell out the Tokyo Dome and he um, you know, main evented there and he put on some classic shows also. And then on top of that, as though he couldn't do anything else, he was the reason that AEW got the bump that it got. Everybody was really excited for AEW, but when they heard Jericho was in, it changed. It changed everything. 
he doesn't get enough goat talk because of what he has done to help expand multiple companies. It is absolutely incredible what he's been able to do, the career he's been able to have. Uh, it just, I mean, what do you say about it, right? What can you? So just wanted to say, give my, my gratitude to Y2J and let him let everybody know that I also think he's a, he's reached goat status. Uh, and also, you know, what would it be without me getting the last word on Jared's own podcast? So just so you know, buddy, I get the last word on your podcast. You're welcome.